Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, let's see what our heart at. I can't believe it. Check your heart. For the next two hours, get ready as we cover the NFL like no one else. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. We're between the white lines. This is football. This is football. Welcome to the big leagues. A complete look around the NFL, and especially our Falcons. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. On the home for our Falcons, Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Feels like a fall football Sunday in Atlanta. Today, the Atlanta Falcons are back home at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, hosting C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. And welcome live outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium to the Wade Ford Tailgate Show, brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer. John Frigge alongside former Falcons star Harper LaBelle, our Falcons insider and reporter Joe Patrick. We are along Northside Drive across from where the new uh, Swanky Danky Hilton's going to be in the smooth lot next to the Wade Ford thing. You, you'll see the setup. Come on out and join us today as the Falcons get back home. Well, of course, Atlanta, a couple of weeks ago, they left Atlanta 2-0. and And in the process of uh, leaving Atlanta and then coming back, they scored exactly one touchdown. <laughs> wow. Since wow. we've seen them last. Uh, Harper, let's begin here. All games are critical, of course, uh, but is today taking on maybe more significance because of the two miserable days away from home? <sighs> That's my first impression, John. Now, if I asked some people, and I have, hey, you know, a month ago, if I'd said, hey, if the Falcons were 2-2, two and two, would you be okay with that? And a lot of folks said, yeah, I'd be all right with that. But the way that they got to 2-2... Two and two, that's where everybody has a problem. Wait a second! I thought we'd three and one, or we could have been four and zero, oh, but no, we're two and two, and we've looked pretty pathetic over the past two weeks, especially offensively. So uh, there's some changes, and and uh, you got to get better. You got you just got to improve in certain areas. We still got a top ten defense, which is great to have. Uh, that's what I'm going to rely on right now to get us back into it. Maybe a turnover or two, but offensively, there's a lot of issues. And Joe, you've been in the room. You you you're the one that has to deal with the the interviews and the 
you yeah. can read yeah, between yeah. the lines, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, if, yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken. And so how, how do you interpret what happened between coming back from what happened in London and, and, and where we are right now? Yeah, it's funny because I actually made mention to somebody in the locker room before the season started. This, 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 is, this looks like a locker room. Like, this is a locker room where you can tell a game hasn't been played yet because the guys are just chirping and everybody's excited and kind of jovial and everybody's excited for the season to start. And now you get to a point where... It's not quite like that. When you're coming off your second straight loss, it's a little – guys are a little bit more reserved with what they say. You know, I think that there's a little bit of that – I don't want to say it's like tension in terms of like they carry that to the field, but I think in the locker room with how they deal with media and stuff, when you've got some of these bad vibes that these two games have caused, there's a little bit of that. And, and dealing with somebody like me that would ask, Coach, how are you dealing with what just happened over the last week or right. two? Right, yeah. That's not Those aren't easy questions to answer anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Belichick would say, it's on to Houston. All right. His famous line is on to Cincinnati. That right. was fantastic because that's his way of going, I'm not going to answer any of your stupid questions. Mm-hmm. It's on to Cincinnati. You mm-hmm. want to ask a question about that. Was there any of that there up in Flowery Branch in the past eight, 10, 12 days. Well, I think Arthur Smith is always very good at, at looking back and trying to fill in the gaps that people have in terms of what we see on Sundays and where things have gone wrong. So I think that he does a little bit more. He's not as like dismissive of those questions, which I actually appreciate. I think fans deserve to kind of know what the what the coaches are thinking in certain moments and why they think that things broke the way that they did. Um, so I think that Arthur Smith doesn't quite take that Belichickian route, but I think that once you get to a certain point in the week, absolutely, it's all eyes forward. And there's a you know impressive team that they're going to be playing against today. It's going to be an all-black day for the Atlanta Falcons, all-black uniforms, uh, black hats, and all that stuff. The roof is going to be open, so if you're headed down to the stadium today, we're wearing uh, light jackets here. You know, So it's going to be just a nice, beautiful day to have the roof open at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. All right, let's talk about that big uh, gorilla in the room here, so to speak. Uh, what did you call him, uh, Harper, a 205-pound gorilla here? Uh, <laughs> well, what? it's originally an 800-pound gorilla, but now when you want to look at you know individuals, it's about a 210-pound yeah, guy. All right, so uh, last time we were here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, fourth quarter against Green Bay Packers, Desmond Ritter, you know, leading that comeback, that 13-point comeback to beat the uh, Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love and looking good and everything, everything is, hey, we're okay, we're good, we're all right. And since then, one touchdown in London to a guy named London, and now all these questions that have popped up, Joe, about how much patience will they have at that quarterback spot? Yeah, I think that it's a different calculus than what this team had last year, where let's remember last year you had obviously Marcus Mariota as the starter, and you had a rookie version of Desmond Ritter as the backup. So that is a different calculus than a struggling Desmond Ritter that we've seen not just these last two weeks, but I would say the entire four weeks of the season so far with a veteran quarterback behind him who they're paying premium backup money to. I think he's the fourth highest paid backup quarterback in the league right now. So I think the the calculus is a little different. And, John, to get back to your question to Harper about does this game take on added significance with the way that this team's playing, I mean, I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes specifically for Desmond Ritter, who has not been able to really get on track from the beginning of games at all this year. And you've got two home games now. You've got this one against the Texans, and you've got next week against the Commanders before you then go on the road to play the Buccaneers. If these two game, these coming two games go the same as we've seen the previous four games, do you have the luxury of saying we're going to stick with him and go on the road and play in the division with this kind of offense? I think that that's why these two games are really important for Desmond Ritter to show that he can get this offense going early in games. Wasn't the beginning of the year a time where, hey, we got one of the easiest schedules yeah, yeah. in the league. The reward of finishing where we did last year and where other teams were, but there's no way Detroit is the same team that they were a year ago or even two years ago and there's no way that houston who still believes right now i'm not really sure what 
D'Amico Ryans has done in their locker room, but you've got this rookie quarterback that he's averaging 300 yards a game, and they're just playing free and easy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's working. And that's the thing about it, I think, that there's a difference for them. And I'm throwing it to this guy, and he's catching it. And I'm throwing it to that guy, and he's catching it. (laughs) Wow, isn't this fantastic? When Keith Brookings came to Atlanta from Georgia Tech, his rookie year, they go to the Super Bowl. He's thinking, wow, this is amazing. Well, then he had 10 more years of, of uh, some lean times as well. So how the Falcons put this together tonight, we'll talk about it throughout the rest of the show. But it's going to be – there's this isn't a must win, but it's pretty doggone close. It is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show live from the smooth lot ahead of the Falcons and the Houston Texans this afternoon at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, uh, brought to you in part by Ticketmaster. Uh, the Ticketmaster is, of course, the official ticket marketplace of the Falcons and the NFL. John Fricky, Harper LaBelle, Joe Patrick. Well, I will say this, Harper, and that is that the the, the uh, defense has done its part. I am really impressed with what Ryan Nielsen's been able to put together. And the fact that this offense has scored only one touchdown, in matter of fact, Desmond Ritter has accounted for as many points on the other side as he yeah. has uh, on his own side here in terms of touchdowns. Uh, the fact that the, the the offense has been this anemic over the last two weeks, and they were actually in a position where they possibly could have won in Detroit, and they possibly could have been in the game in in London, and, and just you know, it's just a little. We're we're not asking for much. We're not asking for great. We're just asking for competent defense. As in my opinion, John, yeah, we're uh, seventh overall. Against the rush, we're 17th. Against the pass, we're 5th. And in scoring, which to me, that's the one that counts more than yards. It's who's who's putting the ball in the end zone or getting field goals against us. We're still in the top 10. We're, mm-hmm. we're number 10. And that's a great place to be. I wouldn't have thought we would be there from the last two or three years. We've been near the bottom 10 as opposed to the top. Are you? What, what impresses you most about the defense? Because we're still not getting to the quarterback. We're putting pressures on, but we're not sacking. We're not getting a lot of sacks. Right. We're not getting a lot of sacks, but we are hitting the other quarterback. And the difference mm-hmm. between Desmond Ritter and, say, the last two weeks of Trevor Lawrence and Jared Goff is if you go back, if you really kind of watch the game, Trevor Lawrence and Jared Goff got hit as many times as Ritter did. They just got the ball, they just got the ball out of their hands. Right, right. A more experienced quarterback who can get the ball out of their hands so that they don't take those negative plays. That's what's hurt this Falcons team more than anything else. I know there's been a lot of, you know, uh, there's been a lot of talk about the interceptions. Desmond Ritter taking care of the ball obviously had a couple of really bad ones, a game-changing one last week. But it's the negative plays that's really what has plagued this offense, even going back to the Carolina game. I mean, those games were not good offensive days either for the Falcons. I would say that they really only had one quarter of good offensive football. That was the fourth quarter against Green Bay. But they've taken too many negative plays otherwise. And so it's actually super impressive what the Falcons' defense have done, given that they haven't done that as much. All right, so I want to follow on this. You asked me a question, I want to answer it. Here's what impresses me about the defense the most. This offense has put them in bad situation after bad situation after bad situation and has not managed to uh, take extended drives and give them a rest, and yet they have never buckled. Yep. That's what I – they have been put under a lot of stress. And, and, and that's a question, you know. We need Ridland. we got to get some Ridland ADHD for our defensive coordination and you know, all that. I think it's one of the kind of underlying questions that a lot of these defensive players have had to answer this week is, you know, morale-wise, like, like how do you get yourself to keep going out there and keep getting these stops when the offense is just going three and out so quickly and it feels almost like this defense has to do a lot of the work for the offense. When you talk about Jesse Bates' interceptions, putting them in, in good position, it's tough. And I feel like it is it is only sustainable for, for so long. It, it, the offense can only put, lean on that defense for so long before things give away. Well, because they're good, there's a certain confidence level. Okay, right. mm-hmm. you, you know, I can handle this. Yeah, we, we 
Short field, doesn't matter. You know, three and out offense, we got to go. I'm tired. It doesn't matter. When you have a good group of guys around you, you just know. Mm. You don't have to express it. Jesse Bates doesn't need to look at the offense or the defensive line and go, yeah, these guys aren't going to. They do it. And the linebackers in the back seven and their ability to protect the, the defense and the field. You know, we don't have a lot of picks, but we're we're getting pass deflections, and they're not getting big plays. Yeah, and again, I go back to the point that the defense played well enough in Detroit, well enough in London, that if you had a halfway competent offense, you win at least one and maybe both games. What am I smelling here? Is that Wade Ford or is that No, it's w- something a lot better than that. There's yeah. somebody cooking up some food right now that smells so I'm good. ready to float away, yeah, you know, like the cartoons. It is yeah. awesome right know, here. I don't know My who it is, goodness. but, man, I don't know if it's, it's the B-Tent or It's or been smelled. No, so good. Whatever it is. So good. It's I good. feel like when it's this temperature, too, when it's a little cooler, the, mm-hmm. Things just smell better, you know. The, the grill smells better. But Harper, I want to say to your point: Do you think that that's evidence of there being a, a more experienced defense here? Because it seems like when you look at this Falcons defense, you've got Grady Jarrett, Calais Campbell, Bud Dupree, um, Caden Ellis is an experienced guy, you know, beyond his years. In the secondary, you've got Jesse Bates, uh, a real leader, and on offense. You got a lot of young players that you're working with. You're working. I mean, Desmond Ritter is one of the older guys in the skill positions. He's 24 he, years old. He's only been here Yeah, he's only been here for a short amount of time. That's a great question because when you stop to think about it, the guys that we brought in as free agents have experience elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But and but success. they're all new here. They've only yep. been together since really OTAs and and Calist wasn't on the field for any of that right right he still doesn't practice on wednesdays <laughs> yeah and that's fine i'm okay with that yeah, because yeah. if the team's okay with it then i am too yeah but the fact that they bring in their experience elsewhere and they go i know you're pretty good and you i know you're pretty good and you know i'm pretty good we were playing together very well uh, uh the the speed in which they have collectively um put it together and become the band if you yeah. know what i mean and they're making a great sound that to me is incredible it seems like they have a certain confidence in playing together as a unit that the offense just doesn't really have at this point in time. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit i'm positive uh, you can up your man cave at the mancavestore.com as we get ready for football today on a sunny but uh chilly morning in atlanta atlanta falcons and the houston texans and we will look ahead to this game, what do the Texans bring to the table? Where can the Falcons maybe exploit the, the Texans a little bit and win this football game? We'll do that as we continue on the Wait for Tailgate Show live from the Smooth Lot on a Falcons football Sunday on your home at the Atlanta Falcons. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Ah-ha. Snap to Ritter. Pressure coming. Desmond going to throw for caught it was he in sure he was and london has scored in london we decided to uh pull the one offensive highlight of the last two weeks <laughs> from west Durham's, uh large and impressive resume tape welcome back to the wade ford tailgate show brought to you by wade ford atlanta's ford dealer we are live at the smooth lot on this uh, picture perfect fall football sunday as we count down to kick off one o'clock this afternoon uh, between the Houston Texans and the Atlanta Falcons, C.J. Stroud and company in. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons and these uh, two losses here. This is where the veteran uh, nature of this team uh, comes into play when we talk about adding all those veterans on defense here. And Bud Dupree is one of those uh, veterans, and he talked about how he's uh, working on these uh, young players uh, to kind of get them in the right mindset coming home after lo- losing back-to-back games. Man, stay the course. You know, it's a long game. It's a long game, man. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, continue to stay healthy. Continue to go out there, man, and continue to play. Every time you step on that field and put a helmet on, it's another opportunity. 
Yeah, when you got to be a veteran player, Harper, how, how difficult was it uh, when you went went through uh, soft patches to you know keep the focus of younger players? I think the younger players look up for the you know how do you react when things are going bad because I, I won't do it differently. And everyone had a stretch maybe in high school or college. You know, but Desmond won 50 games while he was in college, so he's not used to losing, at least not on a consistent level. Not a lot of guys that make it in the NFL do lose a lot. But um, your coaches, make sure you just keep practicing hard. You know, you don't have to you don't have to run extra sprints at the end. But do what you keep doing. But correct some of the little mistakes, and that's where a lot of it is. Is you you, you don't correct it. You know that there's something that you if I'd only made that tackle here, or if I made that catch or had a block, that would have changed the outcome of the game. And sometimes it is as simple as that. Um, but you stick to it. And Bud's right. You know, it's a it's a marathon. You've got a lot of work to go. However, you can dig yourself into a deeper hole by not turning things around. So I think the sense of urgency that that he's mentioning that we'll see today. I mean, we have to. It's it, it, it's a must. The coaches need to see it. The players know they have to exude it, and that'll be one of the keys. And along the lines with Bud talking about, you know, keeping an even keel, stay, you know, playing the long game, the marathon. Um, we talked to Bijan Robinson after the Detroit loss about this, and he said that, you know, he admitted he was, like, pretty down after that game, and he said it was because he comes from college, and he's he still is in that mindset of, like, you lose one game and your national championship hopes are dashed, you know, because that's just the way that – those, the structure of that season plays out. So uh, I think it is something that uh, younger players seem to have to adjust to a little bit, and I think that that's, again, why it helps to have all these veterans on the off- or on defense. Yeah, and you're going up against a team today in the Houston Texans that's a, a young football team, a team that, uh, you know, a franchise that has you know, got off to, had a couple of really nice years early in their existence, but has really struggled as of late. And because of those struggles, Harper, they have drafted very high and they've drafted well. And they have a number of young stars on this team. Yeah. I think last year, for example, when you can get Stroud and trade up or trade down and still get Will Anderson, both of them were considered to be two of the top five guys. Um, How they got that second pick, I don't remember. But I know, for example... It was part of Deshaun Watson, wasn't it? Yeah, but I'm just saying that that the way that they maneuvered that and, and used that to their advantage instead of wasting it, and not taking the right guys at the right time, but um, for example, Chicago, they're, they're, the Bears may get the number one pick because of Carolina. As bad as Carolina right. is right they may now, get the one and two. Carolina is yeah. not going to be <laughs> yeah. rewarded. I know Chicago may go one two. Yeah, I know. That, would be, that would be amazing. Think about that, that. or one and one. <laughs> you know, they get the number one pick, and then the the, the the Carolina situation. But anyway, so back to the question at hand: Is the Texans have you know they're two and two? Just like we are, but in terms of the division, they're right where they need to be. There's no one in front of them. There's no one behind them. So, Joe, fair or not, Ohio State, because Joe Burrow goes to LSU, gets a little bit of a reputation of putting guys into the NFL who have big, gaudy numbers at quarterback. The Braxton Millers, the JT Barrett's, the EJ Emanuel's. I mean, they. Well, he went to Ohio State, but you, you get the point. Yeah. Here. yeah. Uh, they, they put guys out there with with gaudy numbers, uh, and uh, and they go to the NFL, and they're not much of anything. And so that was the knock against C.J. Stroud, fair or not, was that he was a system quarterback at Ohio State. Well, I'm not sure that that's necessarily true. Yeah, no, he's looked so impressive. We were just actually talking during the break about how impressive he's been. If you really look at the film breakdowns on him and how quickly he's getting off of his first read if it's not there, the way that he's able to 
identify that both with pre-snap reads and then obviously just quick movements after the snap. So good at getting through his progressions, which is what Desmond Ritter is not doing. And when, again, when you compare these two quarterbacks, yeah, C.J. Stroud probably has a little bit better arm, but it's not the arm that's holding Desmond Ritter back. It's the ability of what C.J. Stroud has shown so far this season of getting through his progressions and finding that open man that Desmond Ritter hasn't been able to do as well. So I think that you know that is the main area of focus for how this team and how this offense has to improve is Desmond Ritter being able to identify where he needs to get the ball to. And here's another thing, if you don't mind me saying so, having a guy like Nico Collins... You know, a big six yeah, foot four body. Yeah. Even though he's a Michigan dude, the two of them together they should hate each other. Yeah. But uh, they're they're creating magic yeah. with one another, and and guys are getting open and they're making catches. And I'm sure amongst their locker room, they're going, "Hey, he's going to put the ball in a place where we can catch it. We better get it." And they are. They're catching the ball, sixty two point five percent completion percentage. He, he's way ahead of the curve, in my opinion, for and, where he should be as a rookie. And to get back to this whole what the Texans have done with these draft picks, I mean, there's been so much f- focus on the quarterback position this week, obviously, because of what Stroud is doing in the league and how he compares to Ritter and the struggles that they've, the Falcons have had. But look at Will Anderson. I mean, like that's going to be also a very difficult task for this Falcons offensive line to go against because they've sh- shown that they uh, struggle a little bit with some of these speed edge rushers. And Will Anderson's a guy who I think I would expect the Texans to really try to match him up with Caleb McGarry as much as possible. Jonathan Greenard's the man I'm worried about right now. He's the one that he is their sack guy right now. He's yeah. got three. You know, it's it's not a great group, but it's good enough to where we have to worry about it. Harper, first blush for the Atlanta Falcons offense. Obviously, they got to get into the end zone. Uh, they got to score points. We uh, we understand that. Question is how have they? We, we a lot of focus has been on Ritter, rightfully so. But have they underutilized certain players like Scott Miller's not been targeted this year? Uh, is Kyle Pitts really a hundred percent? And more to the point, have they underutilized Tyler Algier? And have they underutilized, in a sense, the run game? I I would say. Well, I'm going to answer that by asking you a question. What would it be like if Bijan wasn't in the in the lineup right now? Because somebody else is going to have to pick up the slack, but everything seems to go through him. And that, I don't know what the continuity would be, but you have a two-headed monster in the running game. you got Bijan that was now, and Cordero Patterson hasn't played it down yet. Right. He still doesn't have a carry. Right. Last year you were rotating two, three guys in, and that was a nice little experience. Everyone was fresh. They were all working together. Now I'm not sure if it's a choppier methodology i don't know if i'm going in for the series or if i'm just going in for this one play and i'm not the featured guy on this play so then i come out and you know we're rotating guys in and out but i don't know if anybody has a real good transition where i go i feel right where i'm supposed to be when i get the ball tyler algier he gets he'll get one to get hit the line of scrimmage he'll fall forward for two but then the next time he gets it he breaks it for seven or eight and we haven't seen that a lot i think it's a fair point here to talk about you know, Ritter, yes, but talk about the offensive line protection, yes, but also to talk about, I think, what has been some really, I don't know, baffling, Joe, play selection and the fact that this team has not developed an identity on offense. We thought they had an identity. This was a smash-mouth running team. This year, where did that go? Yeah, yeah. I, I asked Arthur Smith about this after the Detroit Lions game where the the Lions came and just stacked the box on, on – well, from the start of the game through throughout and uh arthur smith said like you know when when teams do that you want to run the ball but you got to hit some of the counter plays to get them off you a little bit that at least opens up some of the run game that just has not happened with Desmond Ritter so you know that is going to be the thing I as much as we want to see this running game get going I don't think it's really going to happen in earnest like we saw it last year until you start to loosen up some of these defenses a little bit and I think the other thing that arthur smith is struggling with a little bit especially when it comes to play calling and some of the personnel that's being used is it feels like 
he knows he doesn't have that many plays to work with. Like like the, like the you know the team is not just racking up the offensive plays where you can really start to get in a rhythm and you can that's when you can really get Tyler Algier pounding these defenses when you know you're going to be able to pick up first first downs on second first roll on any down really but when you get those chains moving and feel like you can get some momentum going that just has not happened so far this year so i have a question for both of you if you were a head coach for another team let's say a defensive coordinator and you put eight in the box on third and three knowing that the falcons are going to run john my question to you is do you dare atlanta to beat you over the top. And even if they do once or twice, you know that they're not going to win the game. That's what I'm telling my players. The The Falcons will not beat us with this team right now. They won't beat us over the top. They won't beat us deep. They'll, they'll try to beat us in between the tackles, and they'll try to beat us with other types of routes. But if I'm a Falcon fan, I mean, well, how do we offset that? That's my worry is that opponent defenses have figured out that the Falcons cannot go over the top. How do you respond to something like that? No, I agree. I mean, so, but again, that was the case last year, too, I would argue, with, with the noodle-armed quitter. They knew he couldn't go deep, right? Yeah. And the Falcons still effectively ran the ball, even though everybody knew that they were going to run it at him. So, what happened? I, what's different about this? It's not like you went from Matt Ryan last year to Desmond Ritter. You went from the noodle-armed quitter to Desmond Ritter. Same difference, right? I'm going to tuck it and run when I get in trouble. Well, maybe Desmond Ritter needs to run that's a little bit more. That's what Marcus did. Yeah. Marcus last year. Yeah. When I get in trouble, I'm going to tuck it and I'm going to get the first down. And everyone, goes, oh, we got the first down. We get a new set of downs. Yeah, but we we didn't we didn't lead the league in in scoring. Yeah, well, we, I, I don't know. And again, I don't know the personnel packages that they want to do. But it does seem to me that they, you know, that the whole concept of pocket passing is not really Desmond Ritter's long suit here. Maybe you got to get him out on the edge and let him make a you know a run pass option of his own a little bit more, like you play. With uh, with uh, I, with the quitter last year, yeah, I totally agree, and I think that this, there was perfect evidence that this works in that Green Bay game. Like when in that Green Bay game in the fourth quarter, they'd gotten Ritter. First of all, they'd gotten Ritter on the run on the move a little bit earlier in the game, but then he throws that touchdown pass to Drake London, where he rolls out to his left and kind of sidearms it. Like that's the kind of Desmond Ritter that we feel like could be really successful quarterback here. But and, and Arthur Smith is a guy. Even when Marcus Mariota was here last year. Arthur Smith talks so much about you know these different launch points that he wants them to get to get him to, and if, if you talk to people about the Falcons' scheme, that's part of Arthur Smith's thing is having the quarterback throw from so many different locations. But he just hasn't seemed to happen with Ritter so far this year. It, it, work this out with me as well. Doesn't matter which coach on the offensive side; it could be the running back coach and tight end coach, receivers coach, offensive line, all of that, and the quarterback coach. I don't want my quarterback running for his life, but it seems like Desmond, when he gets out of the pocket and he looks like he's running for his life, he the, the game opens up for him. Yeah, Is that yeah. what you want? I mean, it, that that it's it's a it's a realistic question. If you want him to stick in the pocket, look at the results. Yeah, and they're not they're not great right now. So do we actually want to move the the point of of where he's going to throw the ball? You know, instead of having him sitting seven, eight, nine yards behind the center, yeah, do you well, want well, to move he, it off well, to hang the side? On, though. There's two different ways of that, and you know that. He gets moved off his spot, which he doesn't necessarily do well at, or it's right. designed. Design. Right. When right. it's designed, I think he's comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that that's he where the windows moved, open I think, up. Because when... I'm concerned, Joe, yeah, where the windows open up, because I'm concerned a little bit, and Harper, you can speak to this, that he's got a little footsteps going on in his head. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. The clock? That's ticking. Yeah, it that, is going down to zero. Like get rid of the ball. Yeah, that I think that's every quarterback knows that. But I think there are some that are more instinctively okay. Even if I throw it away, I'm going to get rid of the ball and we'll fight another down. These but last couple weeks, it's been really sketchy and how. 
comfortable I think that Desmond is yeah, the, with this decision right now. These last couple of weeks when he's been in the pocket, there have been times where he kind of steps up like he wants to climb the pocket and it's not there. And that reminds me actually of the first couple of games that he had as a starter against the Saints and against the Ravens last year. And that's what's worrying to me is it seems like either there hasn't been progression or there's like progressions at home sometimes, but then it was kind of well, a I think there's back. been actually, you can argue there's been regression. Yeah, yeah. Which is that's not how it good. Feels. That how, that's how it feels. Well, and I think that's, that's why, we why feel you so spend a bunch of money to two and two, like yep. you know, right. you spend a small fortune to bring in another guy in case something bad happens. And and I, I don't know how much longer the patience level for any of the coaches is going to be before you go. Uh, maybe we need and now. If he has a bad first half, do you bring Taylor out in the third quarter? No, I don't think so you do it in game. I, I don't think Arthur Smith will ever they, make they, a change in game. Yeah, I don't think he'll do it unless he gets injured. I don't think he'll right. do it in game. Right. I think it would be okay. We're making a quarterback change as of Monday, and then Taylor's going to take uh, all the, uh, uh, you know, first team rep snaps before the Washington. So game. let me ask you, why? Why would you want to wait? Why would you uh, forfeit winning a game when you know that you need to make a switch? Thank you. There, there is no answer for it. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Look, I, I, I'm look, telling you, why I, I agree. Would, uh, yeah, yeah, I was on the field when Jeff George got pulled. Yep. And Bobby Aber, there were so many boos, and then the next we had a three and out, and there were more boos, and we we made the switch, and I, then Bobby had a three and out, but we finally ended up scoring, and everyone was going, "Thank you." They're just we we need to see something different, and I know that the fans don't run the team; they don't. Arthur Blank runs the team, and Arthur Smith also runs the team, and they want to see great things here. They want to have a full building, and the decision making right now from our quarterback has everybody questioning. Uh, dude, we want you. We love you. Let's go out there and do that. But we're not liking the results. Yeah, well, because, and again, this goes back to the fact that this season is not like Carolina or maybe we thought Houston or Indianapolis or anybody else who has a young quarterback. It's not about developing the future quarterback. It's about getting to the playoffs this year for the Atlanta Falcons. Different different animal here. And they, in order to do that, that's where you look at a game like today as not just another chance to win and, and hold serve at home and get back above 500, but also to get back in that proper mindset exactly. of uh, yep. getting towards uh, you know the race here with uh, Tampa Bay being idle. So we will look around the league here as uh, Tampa is idle today and what uh, some of the key games are as we continue on the Wade for Tailgate Show from the smooth lot outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium on this Falcon Sunday on your home of the Falcons. Game. Harper music chosen by the music producer of the show, Harper Lavelle, spun by the DJ of the show, Noel White. It's a Texas yeah, well, a lot of Texas music. Do you have any exes in Texas? Uh, no, I, I don't. <laughs> George Great does. They're in other, they're in other states. <laughs> hey, he, you know, George is going to be here at Mercedes-Benz yeah, Stadium, yeah, yeah. ATL Live, with Gary Underwood and Little Big Town coming up here in a huge concert. Here, here's a trivia question. Wild guess on the country charts. I'll, I'll ask Joe just because it'll be fun. How many over? Just give me a number. How many number one hits has George Strait had on the country charts? On the country charts? Oh my gosh! I don't know. Um, fourteen, sixty. I was going to say thirty. Sixty. Wow. Six zero. Six zero. Oh my number one hits. <laughs> All my exes live in Texas. Ocean from property in, but that's Arizona. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's yeah. a big number now. 60. That, that's huge. Yeah. 60 number one hits. Uh, Do you wait. know how many records he sold? How many hundreds of millions well, of records? I, well, Garth Brooks is the number one all well, time. they don't sell records anymore. That's true. That, that hurts it. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd still download by them. I know, you know. but I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. yeah, And that's the other 
country thing is Garth Brooks has sold more albums than anybody. Any, more than the Beatles, more than that right? Michael Jackson, more Michael than Jackson, the Eagles. Yeah. 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 Garth Brooks hmm. has sold more albums than anybody else. I know. Weird. Uh, tailgate show uh, sponsored by Fireshire, the makers of the W Sauce, the official sauce of our tailgate. Bigger, better, bolder, and now spicier. Visit the WSauce.com today and find a retailer near you. I don't know if it's uh, the W Sauce guys. Yeah. Right They've they been just over hand, a, they're handing something. barbecue sauce yeah. out on everything. It's Gee, on the man, car. It's, it's on. Uh, it's killing me. <laughs> tents. So people wearing it on their uh, on their Levi's. It seems. Uh, My goodness, yeah. it smells great out here. The NFL is already underway because the uh, Jaguars, the London Jaguars, um, are playing another home game today against the. Uh, erstwhile toronto bills um <laughs> maybe john you're not you may not be far off you know i mean if they don't get the new stadium in buffalo it might be the london jags and the toronto bills in the not too different future um so uh what's uh, wrong it, with their stadium that they need a new one what's wrong with i've never it? been to orchard park i don't know it's it's can't, actually a really nice can't stadium. sell enough they can't oh, well, sell enough sponsorships uh, i don't know yeah it's this right. is the because um, the sabers wi-fi got a, not is, good enough the sabers there? got a new stadium downtown buffalo and i think the bills are mad about you know why? Why is the Buffalo Bills Stadium not as kind of revered as like Lambeau Field? I feel like they're both you know similarly old and historic. Oh, but Lambeau's oh, Lambeau's great. Lambeau is just so the, great. So you, to you, it's just the nicety of the stadium. I don't itself. know. I've never been to Buffalo. I can't tell you. I just tell you that Lambeau is great. The I've wind, the wind is not great in Buffalo. <laughs> in Buffalo, yeah, yeah. And I would think that they would uh, relish it more if they had one of those Lombardi trophies. Yeah, that's the great definitely years. true. That, 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 that is a different, yeah. definite difference, right? Because remember, four. Chris Berman at the beginning of every season for a decade said the Super Bowl is going to go through <laughs> yeah. San Francisco and through Buffalo, and for all those years that it did. There are plenty of road teams that go, ah, it doesn't matter. So uh, they are underway in London. Uh, no score, you say, Harper? Yeah, tied at, tied at uh, whopping zero. Uh, yep. Zero, zero. Yep. All right, a lot, of, a lot of people looking ahead to tonight because uh could be massive ratings for a showdown between uh, Terrell Owens and Terrell Owens. You see T.O.'s doing all the promos? I haven't seen those yeah, yet. Yeah. No, really? <laughs> yeah, with the, well, each helmet and popcorn and all that kind of stuff. But, okay. And, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, perfect uh, Charles sense. Haley would be another guy that played for both. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, I, I would buy that. I'm sure not buying Kansas City at Minnesota. No. That's a game I'm not going to. No. I'll, I'll see what the score is, but I'm not going to tune is, into is that. Is she going to go to the game? Is she is she going to the game? She might. Oh, uh, is Where is she in her tour? You know, she's know. nearby. <laughs> you know. Even if she's not nearby, she can get a Well, jet. yeah, she's got. Are you watching Carolina at Detroit? Um, we'll get to that in a moment here. Okay. I want to go back to the Cowboys and the Niners here. Uh, are we at a point where I want you to do me a favor? I think we I think we mentioned this. I think the Detroit Lions are better than the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Detroit Lions are actually the third best team in the NFC. And the, and the Cowboys can prove me wrong tonight by going into San Francisco against that team and winning. Who's number two? San Francisco. Who's one then? Philadelphia. Oh, okay. I, I I just didn't I didn't I didn't know who your one and two was. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I think Frisco to me is the number one. I, I, okay, well that's fine. One two. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. But yeah, that that uh, um, at home I think in in what happened in the playoffs last year where Dak didn't know what he was doing. You know what I mean? Just looked bewildered out there. Things weren't working. Um, and Frisco's offense is just phenomenal right now. I mean, you give 27 touches to Christian McCaffrey. 27 touches to this one guy, and he's just Is that sustainable? Is that, I well, mean, we've talked a lot about here, this on. Here's, and this is the reason I bring it up, because 
you know, we, we talk so much about Arthur Smith and uh, Joe and his leanings, uh, you know, towards Tennessee with Derrick Henry and Brian Tannehill and how he built the offense there. And, he, you know, you got guys like John Smith, for example, that have come over to the Atlanta Falcons and whatnot. But I still think this team is built more like San Francisco and how they use Christian McCaffrey. Should the Falcons kind of do that with Bichon a little bit more in terms of a feature situation even more so than they do now? Yeah, probably. But <laughs> I think, again, it comes back to, see, one of the things that Chris McCaffrey has going for him is Brock Purdy is able to get him the ball in situations in space where he can make plays. And it, that, that hasn't really happened so much with Bijan in the passing game. I mean, there's been some moments. Obviously, he's flashed, had that spectacular touchdown against Carolina. But it, does, it, it seems like the schematically they're, they're, the Falcons are just not at quite the level that allows McCaffrey to flourish. All right, so there's an all-11 video on Twitter, right, of the pick six in London Harper. All right, where uh, where Desmond Ritter locks in and gets you know taken back to the house, and he drops back and he locks in on on London and he throws the pick six and in the all eleven, Bijan had gone out into the flat. There's a safety covering him. Bijan is alone on the left hand side. The safety's guy giving him about oh six seven yards. Okay, so if he turns his head and throws it, to, there's one guy for Bijan to beat. It's a touchdown one way or other. Either you throw the pick six and they get the touchdown, or you hit Bijan and you get the touchdown. <laughs> Which one would you select? Right, right, right. right. Easier said than done. Uh, I, I'm giving an analysis real quick, if you don't mind. Yep. San Francisco's defense, especially with the $30 million man in Bosa, they're going to help you stay in every ball game. I like my tight end. He's probably one of the top three or five in Kittle uh, in, in the league. And, and then I like this receiver, that receiver. I like McCaffrey. Brock Purdy's job is pretty much don't don't mess this up. If yep. you don't fumble, we're going to win the ball game, Right. Don't lose it. The Falcons are in a don't lose it with Desmond Ritter. I thought we might be in the fact, hey, just give it to Bijan or just give it to Algier. You've got Kyle Pitts. You've got London. We bring in Hall. We've got guys all over the field. Just don't lose it. But we're not quite the same. We're, we're not in that elite category yet where we've got the, the best defense in the league, in my opinion, or at least one of them. And they play lights out every week. So we I, have a good defense, but yeah. they're not great yet. So I agree with the don't lose it, but I do think that there is a level that you have to be at to to not be losing it for your team. Like I didn't know the classic is Trent Dilfer when the Ravens won the Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer was the the quintessential game manager quarterback that proved you can win a Super Bowl with a quarterback like that. But I would still say Trent Dilfer was probably a top fifteen quarterback in the league that year. That's what Desmond Ritter has to get to for this offense to be successful. And that's where I think. Brock Purdy is right now. I think Brock Purdy is actually able to make plays that Desmond Ritter is not capable of right now. This is the first bye week of the year, the week that you really don't want to have a bye because it's way too early in the calendar and you got to play 13 in a row if you're on the bye this week. Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, and as mentioned, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are at the moment will and will stay alone in first place in the NFC South at 3-1. and one. You mentioned Harper, the Carolina Panthers. They go to Detroit today to face the Lions, and that's that Lions team that, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, is probably now the, you know, overwhelming favorite to win the NFC North and maybe a, an overwhelming favorite to get 12 wins or so. Uh, Carolina this season has gone backwards, backwards, and backwards for them, and there's no reason to believe today is going to be any different. Here's what Carolina has done to impress me. They've played really well for three, maybe three and a half quarters. And then, oops, you get that moment where they, we, yeah. we can't win this ball game. We don't, we're not in it. And they got booed at home in week two. And that, to me, was a concern where the fans don't have any patience at all. But you're going to need to have patience with this lineup. You just 
you, you're you're in a position right now where these guys are given everything they have. They just don't have enough to be able to play some of the other teams. They're really struggling without DJ Moore having given him up in that trade to, to move up to take Bryce Young, and now they just have... And look what DJ Moore did the exactly, other night. Yeah, he blew up. Uh, he showed he still got it, and they just do not have explosive playmakers on that offense that are surrounding Bryce Young. I think if you put Bryce Young in like the Falcon with like some of the playmakers the Falcons have, he is looking a lot different, but I think that it's just a struggle for him because he doesn't have these guys who can really separate from their defenders. It is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer. We are live in the smooth lot ahead of the uh, network pregame show coming up uh, at 11 o'clock this morning and then 1 o'clock kick with Wes and Dave on the call inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Again, the roof is going to be open today on what is a uh, another clear... Boy, we've had a... It had rain at my house, I don't know, six weeks <laughs> it had rain. Yeah. And, today and, is as good as it gets. Man, right it's here. just... You want to talk about high sky? Yeah, it's almost Montana. I mean, you can see forever. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. There's not a cloud in the sky here. It's and, really uh, nice. Uh, you know, Have you been to Montana? You haven't been to Orchard Park? Have you been, been to Montana? No, no. Montana's, Montana's amazing. Montana's one of the four states I have not been to. I have really? only four. You've been to 46 states? Yes. Montana, Oregon, Washington, and Alaska are the four I haven't gotten to. <laughs> Montana's yeah. beautiful. It is It is gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, Misery Loves Company... <laughs> Misery Loves Company, uh, you know, Swapper edition here. Uh-oh. They didn't score a touchdown last week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh my goodness. They're, but you got to go to New England. Got to go to New England today. I'd rather go now than in December, like when we got to go to Chicago. Um, they got to win a ball. Both teams, they, they need to win. They, it's a desperation game for both of those teams, New England and for the Swamps. And they're struggling quarterback. You know, they've got they've got a quarterback that's beat up and again is not able to kind of distribute the ball as you'd like. So you can see the frustration. Very... He was like banging his hand against the ground when he was he 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 Talking knows to what Derek, to do. Derek Carr, Derek Carr Derek please Carr. forgive me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's just there's something that's not right there. Yeah. It's, you know, they're wherever they need to be, but they can't finish it, and that's that's a concern. If I'm a and I'm not a hoodat. That's why um, these, these division games are going to be so important when they get down to them because all these teams are so volatile when you're playing outside the division. I think they could all win or lose, or, well, really lose to anybody. Um, when you talk about the Bucks and the Saints and the Falcons, for that matter, uh, but how will, how well would they be able to take pick up pick up games against one another? Yeah, I wouldn't have said that we were sitting here going into week five and Baker Mayfield is clearly the best quarterback in the huh. NFC South. Yeah. What yeah, a confidence boost he has right now. They, he was so Baker, um, you know, what you saw in Oklahoma, that little I – mean, he's tiny, but he's he's running things, and when it's working and the confidence level and taking a big hit and getting up and acting like, you know, he's got air lats, and he was very impressed – well, I was impressed with, with his ability – to show the leadership and hey, this is working and things are getting done and we're moving the ball down the field. We're going to win this game. Yeah, um, that that to me was what, what was an awesome thing for for Tampa fans. But they're not that good. They're really not. And <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're the, the division vulnerable. is still ours if we want it. We yeah. just don't want it. Don't give it away, guys. And that's the point. Like how 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 long can you go with the offense like this before you feel like? You're you're losing it on your on your own. You like, like you're you're giving the game away yourself by not trying to make a move. And you we'll know, see. That's why these next games are important. And no, I I, I agree. I mean, it, it, so many teams in the NFL have quarterback issues. So many teams. Yeah. Yeah, I bet lot. you there's seven right now that are all saying, "Well, we'd love to move up and we'll take Caleb if he's available. If he wants to I do." I mean, this. look at Pittsburgh. 
Yeah. Look at Pittsburgh. We saw that team in preseason. We're, oh, my God. Yeah. They're going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. They, yeah. And Pickett looked good down the stretch of last season, but, you know, things turn so quickly. It's it's it, it's so tough about to, to kind of really blood rookie quarterbacks and be able to properly develop them. You obviously want what is happening with C.J. Stroud, but it takes some time. All righty. Uh, it is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. One hour down, one hour to go. Come on by. It's uh, Cook It Up. A beautiful Sunday on Sports Radio 92 9 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.